0: Now, fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. Actually, welcome to back to school, back to work, and that means even more traffic than usual, at least more than we've been used to in the summer. And a lot of excited children who may not be paying as much attention as they should. And paying extra attention to safety is just as important for Zoomers as it is for kids. So, how did we do this morning? Toronto Police Service launched the annual Back to School campaign. It's called Are You Focused on School? Focused, by the way, stands for frequent offences the community and road users see every day. And I can tell you, I certainly see them every day. And I saw some doozies today. I want to hear from you. How did uh, your commute or just your drive, how did it go this morning? Are you being extra careful to look out for kids on the way to the first day of school? And what about Zoomers, uh, also vulnerable out there? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll free, 1-866-744-740. And I'm here with Constable Clint Stibby from Toronto Traffic Services. Welcome.
2: Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: How did we do today?
2: If we had to grade the uh, paper, if you will, I think we got an F. Uh, the number of F? Women, yeah, unfortunately, we saw a number of people driving well above the posted limits. Uh, just the one street we were on, it was a single lane road. Uh, we had one lady come through at uh, 72 and a 40, which is 32 kilometers per hour over the posted limit. What street was it, if I may uh, ask Birmingham. That. Uh, Mm -hmm. street out in Etobicoke, uh, right in front of the Toronto Police College, right (laughs) in front of a a school, and the person is doing 32 kilometers per hour over the posted limit. The concerns that I don't think a driver... How much was
1: that ticket, uh, I'm assuming? Yep.
2: $232 and four demerit points upon conviction. Okay. So it's not a good start to school, and like I said, it's it's a failure on behalf of the driver, not just that particular driver, but any driver that we stopped this morning for speeding. Uh, Anytime the officers were writing tickets... I can guarantee you there were other cars that were speeding past, and that's the biggest challenge we have right now. In the city of Toronto, we see the number one ticket written by the service for moving violations is speeding, and speeding is a conscious decision. So you decide how much gas you give it or how much brake you give that car, and unfortunately, it seems everybody seems to be a little bit on the lead-footed side.
1: Wow that's and that's a big that's gonna cost a lot more than that ticket too because uh, if she gets convicted her insurance rates are going up
2: you know what it's it's interesting even um, I've, I've had people say to me that you can't get a ticket unless you're doing at least 16 kilometers per hour over the limit that's not accurate one kilometer over the limit okay maybe because there's variance in the speed lasers uh, the plus or minus one so but they benefit and give you the the um, the attrition or the, uh, the number that is automatically truncated down. So maybe one over, you won't get to see a ticket, but two and higher, you can be charged and you can, can be, conv- you can be convicted for those speeds. But a lot of individuals, I think over the years have thought, well, if it doesn't give me demerit points, I don't have to worry about it. Well, the reality is at 15 over you're uh, so essentially 55 and a 40, you're still as likely to kill somebody as if you were doing 40 and a 40. The problem is you don't have the room to stop that motor vehicle because as you double your speed, you quadruple the stopping distance and the higher the speed goes, the more likely the pedestrian, if they're struck or cyclist will die as a result of those injuries. Uh, so far, uh, on average, uh, if you're doing 40 kilometers per hour and you strike a pedestrian, that pedestrian has about an 80 percent chance of living. Whereas if you're doing 60 kilometers per hour, that same pedestrian now has about an 80 percent chance of dying. So road safety really has to be on the forefront of everybody's minds. And I don't think it is just yet. And even I think it's, they fall into the wayside because, well, kids aren't in school. That doesn't change your responsibility when you're operating a motor vehicle.
1: Uh, we had some very serious accidents involving cyclists this weekend.
2: Yes. So I'm aware of two where uh, the individuals are in life-threatening condition. Uh, one was on uh, Gerard and River, and the other was uh, Oriole Parkway uh, – sorry, Oriole Road and um, – I can't remember the other uh, cross street. But nonetheless, both individuals uh, suffered serious uh, life-threatening injuries. And uh, really, in the end, somebody made a mistake. Now, uh, those still – those investigations are still ongoing, so it hasn't been determined yet as to uh, what the exact nature of the event was. But that being said, uh, anytime we see a collision involving a pedestrian or a cyclist and a car, it's always the pedestrian and cyclist that will be at the losing end of a collision. The reality is they're not covered in uh, reinforced uh, steel frames, they don't have airbags, uh, they don't have any of the safety features that a car has. As a result, they're also facing uh, far, far more serious injuries. And really, the younger or smaller you are, the more serious those injuries will be. In some cases, they will be fatal.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know what it's going to take. People are just so impatient. Uh, I, I told this story earlier. I don't want to bore anybody. But just today, getting to the intersection of King and Dufferin, and I'm in a hurry when I get there, too, because I have to get on the air in the morning. And, uh, you know, a streetcar uh, stopped because uh, they had to reconnect one of the wires. It took 40 seconds. But by the time it was done, the, the, the light turned. The car in front of me just blasted through the red light. He could have hurt somebody.
2: Well, you know what? Not only that's a perfect example, but one of the uh, individuals we stopped this morning for speeding pulled over, I think it was 848 thereabouts. The school that we were uh, doing the enforcement at began school at 845. Not expecting it. As the car pulled over, the child in the back got out and then ran to school. So the mother was uh, speeding because the child was late to get to school. So how is that, A, teaching your children responsibility for you uh, being on time for something. You should have left earlier, so it's poor time management, but now your actions are putting uh, other individuals at risk. Yeah, maybe your child wouldn't be hurt in a collision because they're inside that car. But imagine about somebody else's child that may be going across the street uh, on the way to school and you come through that area speeding and you strike them.
1: And that other child is probably a little late too, so just wanting to get across quickly. And
2: these are the things that can happen. It just takes a moment for a decision to be made. Unfortunately, at the same time, it only takes a moment for a life to be ended.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, Let's go to the phones. We've got uh, David in Toronto. Hi, David.
3: Hi, how are you?
1: Fine. How are you?
3: Not bad for an old man. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) Okay, we're listening.
3: Well, I got a question for the officer since it's traffic day and, uh, you know, people's commute coming in, stuff like that. But uh, as far as safety goes, the issue I have is I'm in downtown Toronto driving is uh, bikes and bike lanes. And since we have an officer there, I want to ask a question. If you're going down Richmond Street, and this is for safety, you know, like, I mean, as far as my education goes, and if I need a better education, I'm all for it. But if I'm turning right, I get in my right lane to turn right. You drive down Richmond now, if you come up to Jarvis, okay, and you're going westbound, they want you to pull right into the right lane to make your right-hand turn. But you go to the next intersection a little bit further, not so much. Now they want you to turn from the the middle lane with blind spots. And I think that's why the Highway Traffic Act said that. If you're turning right from the right lane, because as you're turning right, you have blind spots. But now the City of Toronto, uh, I'm presuming, contrary to the Highway Traffic Act, wants me to turn right from the middle lane crossing lanes of traffic and i tell you it's terrible because i almost have to stop take my seatbelt off lean over the passenger side i know i'm exaggerating i don't quite go to that extent but it's almost at that just to see if there's anybody coming because they just zing right by it and no one seems to care and i'm just amazed there's not more accidents fatalities just driving in toronto so the question for the officer is can you address that as far as turning right, and uh, what's going on in downtown Toronto with these
2: bike lanes? Okay, unfortunately, the area that you're uh, describing, Richmond Street, there's been a lot of modifications on Richmond, I believe all the way from Parliament all the way across to as far over as almost Strawn, I believe. And the uh, bike lanes have been placed in those locations in order to help uh, bike traffic move throughout the city in a safer area. But the responsibility is still on a driver, an individual that's making a right-hand turn, cannot make that right-hand turn where their movement is going to interfere with the movement of the cyclist but uh there are marks on the pavement and unfortunately i I haven't got a picture of uh, jarvis here to to verify uh as you mentioned that in some cases there are some slight changes and it would have to do more with the the broken white line which would be giving the space for the car to move into that area of the intersection in order to make the right-hand turn but the uh, essentially you can't enter the turning or area or the uh, take possession of that portion of the lane until it's safe to do so. And I appreciate the efforts you're going through to make sure that you're not injuring anybody. Uh, unfortunately, at the same time, we see a lot of individuals who are just making that right turn without giving any sort of consideration for the cyclists and in some cases are striking them or uh, pulling out in front of them and essentially cutting them off. When your movement is being made, if you're far enough ahead, as you put your signal on, uh, it's a signal to the cyclist to, that you are going to be making that right-hand turn If they're far enough back and you now take position in the lane and have begun your right-hand turn, and now you have to stop because of pedestrian traffic, then that is normal. That type of situation can arise and where the bikes now have to go around the left side of you. But if you've not taken, quote-unquote, possession of the lane to make that right-hand turn, then the bikes, in most cases, will attempt to go down the right side of you because you haven't essentially taken possession of that right turning motion, even though you well, may have indicated it for
3: a second. Uh, I hate to interrupt, but I have to interject here because I've happened many times where I've taken possession of the lane and I don't know what it is. And even when there are no bike lanes, like on Queen street, going westbound passing university, come to St. Patrick, there's a set of lights there. I put my light, my right signal light on. It is so bad. And it's not just me. I see this all the time. It is so bad. I put my right signal. Light on. I pull as close as I can to the right curb because as I'm turning right, they are passing me, uh, and then they turn around, and give me attitude. I'm like I mean,
1: yep, they do. So they, it's a, true. And and the it's real, true. The reality
2: <laughs> is, if you've moved that far over, uh, the cyclist should be going around your left side. And uh, granted, we do have challenges from not just cyclists but also drivers that are making mistakes on the road. So there has to be um, some, I guess uh, you could put it as a, a learning. Curve that some individuals maybe haven't adopted what uh, would be proper. Again, some are doing what is convenient for them. But again, that goes for bicycles and pedestrians and, yeah, and drivers. And
1: even pedestrians, I mean, you can be waiting a long time at some intersections. You're getting ready to turn, and then somebody who's far back suddenly kind of runs. Into the intersection. I mean, you know.
2: Yeah, and you, you know, see, that's that's a thing the thing on the, on, the,
1: attitude. on the
2: countdowns. That's especially, and that's I've I've been uh, called to task for it. On the countdowns, when you see the flashing hand begin and the countdown begin. A pedestrian should not be entering the roadway at that point because they're no longer lawfully on the roadway. They are allowed to per- permit, uh, rather, permitted to finish their crossing w- during the countdown, but the countdown is geared to clear the intersection. So the cars that to make the right hand turns or whatever the case may be, but it's not meant for, okay, I've got three seconds, I can make a dash across the road. <laughs> That's not why well, it's there. And the Highway you, Traffic Act is very clear about that.
1: Okay.
3: Are you downtown Toronto yourself? Because uh, uh, that sounds fantastic, but in reality,
2: not I know, I know, see yeah. I know, I know. I can
3: make it because I know the light turn. I'm going to make it in two seconds. You know? unfortunately,
2: unfortunately, there have been a lot of challenges to officers when we were uh, running the intersections uh, by hand, officers that were uh, stopping pedestrian traffic from crossing during the countdowns. And I can tell you, there was a lot of angry people. Why? Because as far as they were concerned, they were permitted to cross during those countdowns. The reality was they weren't. So... Not knowing the law is not a defense. If you commit the offense, you can be charged. In this particular case, pedestrians are using the intersection improperly. The moment the countdown stops, you have no legal right to step on the road. So
1: if you stop, this is an an interesting question. And Dave, thanks so much for your call. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. If you charge a pedestrian, can you demand that they give you ID? I thought you couldn't.
2: You can't – well, you can demand the identification. You cannot arrest them uh, if they fail to identify themselves. Uh, That being said, if they've been uh, in a vehicle uh, or uh, they've been on a bicycle – the Highway Traffic Act actually does support uh, the person to be arrested. Yeah, but if for the person
1: offense. walks into the intersection and they say, "Sorry, sorry, officer," my name is Joe not,
2: Smith. Yeah. Yes, it it doesn't Jane Doe here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, then unfortunately, no, we haven't got uh, the legislation in place to deal with that. Now, is that something that could change? Absolutely, but that's something for the government to decide, not us.
1: Okay, I, I I hope I haven't helped anybody uh, do a any, <laughs> bet, anything illegal. Uh, we're going to have to take a quick break, but uh, let's take a quick call from Dorothy in Toronto. In the meantime, hi, Dorothy. Hi, Libby
4: and Stibby. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought It's of like that. a dynamic
2: duo. <laughs> okay. Batman <laughs> and Robin. Cute
4: names. I like those names. But anyway, I just wanted to say, In defense of the people on bikes and people trying to cross on those few seconds when you have a cane or you have children with you or a carriage. We can't let, uh, and I felt that with both of you, with the drivers, they're in a big protected car. Their attitude and respect, they're so lucky and so blessed to have cars and to have that position that they're safe in a car. I think they should have a little bit more respect for the pedestrians and people on bikes. And as far as someone on bike who they're driving. If they're even tapped by a car, they can be killed. And if they give a bit of attitude, oh, you know what, that's too bad. Because the drivers in this city are really rude and disrespectful, even to an older woman trying to get across on 23 seconds with a cane when your leg is paining. That just happened to me yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I hate it when I see that. That's really bad. In the middle of the intersection, trying to make its left-hand turn, but moving closer to me. Well, you know what—it's so frightening. You yeah. have no idea because if they even tap me, I have arthritis and osteoporosis so bad, I'd never be able to walk again if I was hit by one of those cars, even tapped by a car.
2: And uh, you know what? I totally agree with you, and that's why I said uh, that uh, car, uh, pedestrians and cyclists are not in steel uh, uh, reinforced frames or have airbags. They are always at the losing end of a collision. Thank the problem you is, so it, much. yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. You. The the issue Please that we have is me the too.
4: Case and have the police like get to the government and make these people, especially at River and Girard, where someone was just hit, those people are going through that intersection so fast to get onto the the Bayview extension there, which is a highway, and they think that they're already on it. And they're not. They're still at River and Girard. And we should give people more time to cross the street. It's it's just not right. The, The attitude of people in these great big monster trucks on a tiny little street that was built years ago. They speed. I see it every day, and it's frightening. And people in cars, they, they don't realize that. They should have more respect for the people who are just walking, little children and people on bikes. And if people on bikes give attitude, you know what? I don't blame them because I've been in taxis where they, the way they talk about the poor little people on the bikes, it just it really hurts to hear it. They'd like to hit them almost. It's so sad.
2: Well, like I said, the unfortunately, it is a cooperative driving environment. Everybody needs to work together. Unfortunately, that's not happening. We are seeing uh, anytime we see a collision, it's because somebody made a mistake, whether it's a driver, a cyclist, a pedestrian, or any combination of those, uh, because. Traditionally, it isn't always one individual making a mistake, but it's essentially a fault assessment that's made uh, based on the investigation that is performed by the officers. And if that fault assessment determines that uh, the cyclist or the driver or the pedestrian is more at fault, then uh, that really doesn't make any difference. That pedestrian or cyclist are always going to be likely the ones in hospital recovering from wounds, in some cases, dying. So we have to keep in mind that the uh, driving environment, um, through Time will eventually change, but the design of the roadways are not changing anytime soon. Uh, It is going to take a lot of money and a lot of time to do that. In the meantime, we need to work together and within the the designs that we currently have.
1: Okay. Well... Thank you so much for that reminder, Constable Stibby. It's always good for us to keep safety in mind, particularly now when we have uh, the real change of season, even if it doesn't feel like that outside. And uh, people also remember this campaign goes till the end of the week. So uh, if you're doing stuff you shouldn't be doing, there's a better chance you're going to be caught. So don't do it. Absolutely. Okay. And
2: hopefully we can get a passing grade on our uh, drivers.
1: Okay, that's right. We're going for that passing go grade. For, maybe, go for it. <laughs> maybe even I, better. I take How it, about an I A? I take an A+,
0: plus, but I don't know if we're necessarily going to see it.
1: Okay. You're
0: listening, You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.